So what was Sunday like in your house watching the Colts choke away a playoff berth? Like, okay, fine. The Bears game, whatever. Like, all they had to be, all they had to do is beat the Jaguars. So I will tell you that I we watched it with one of a couple of my buddies, um, and my buddy's girlfriend, Courtney. So it was Jason, Joe, Courtney, myself, and Crystal. Um, the Bears got demoted to the small TV for the last two weeks. Um, it's just deservingly so. So the Colts got on the big screen. We're surround sound, you know, this is for a playoff game. Uh, I will tell you that Crystal is now turning more and more like me when it comes to her sport teams. <laughs> there was some animosity on Sunday. Um, it was it was crazy. I'm super bummed because I love it when at least one of our teams gets in the playoffs, so it gives us something to you know watch and root for. But now it's yeah, I guess no, I can't root for your team. So or or Cindy's team, you can root for Cindy's team. Yeah, maybe I can root for the tight. I am going to root for the Eagles just for Jason. Um, yeah, well, and I'm rooting but, for the Eagles strictly on the grounds of let's, yeah, let's get yeah. Tampa out of here. Well, anyways, welcome to the playoff preview show of LR Weekly. I, all right, if you would have asked me when we first started this, like, hey, are we going to successfully record 19 straight weeks of podcasts? I would have been like, probably not. Like, there's probably going to be a week where something happens and we end up not recording. Well, buddy, we made it. Yeah, this we is did. now 19 straight weeks of recording a podcast. I mean, it's it's a little bit unbelievable when yeah, you consider pretty- our two personalities that we've been able for 19 straight weeks to find time to sit down together, either like, you know, at my house, your house over Zoom, like we're doing tonight, but somehow, some way to talk NFL football. Yeah, and I think it's what an awesome year it's been just all around. It's uh, what a fun season of NFL football. I mean, granted, not for my team specifically, but just all in all, fun football. I love football season. So sad to see it come to an end and red zone shutting her down. It's, that, it's oh, just, that was heartbreaking to me. Like when Scott Hansen's like, for the last time we've entered the witching hour, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts my soul. Uh, But, yeah, man, the choke job that happened in Jacksonville. I mean, we're not talking they had to play a 500 team. We're not even talking that they're having to play a day. They had to beat the Jaguars. And somehow, some way, the Colts lose to Jacksonville. They have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Like, I was not married the last time they won in Jacksonville. Uh, to me, it's it's a sh- what a shocking stat that the Colts have not won in Jacksonville 2014. What I think this week we saw the biggest egg being laid. Of the entire NFL season. Of the entire NFL season. You have a playoff berth. You, the Colts were playing better than any other. T- Who wanted to play the Colts? Well, two, week, two, three weeks ago. You and I are sitting here and you're like, uh, the Colts might win the division. And it went from the Colts winning the division very quickly to, oh, well, they're going to get in, no problem, to now we're sitting here and you look at this situation in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz has to go. 
He's not that guy. Like he's just not. Now I am in no way putting that all on Carson Wentz on Sunday because that was a systemic failure. But the Carson Wentz experience and experiment, it's like to have that lineup that they do. I I don't feel like Carson's that guy. No, I would say that you have to either A, draft a quarterback, or B, trade for one. One of the things I've been saying all year, one of the thing, the one of the guys that I think is going to be available this offseason, which it's going to be tough to get, Russell Wilson. If you are the Indianapolis Colts, you have to find a way to get Russell Wilson into your building. That in, instantly makes your team better. The quarterback position is so important. Trust me, boys and girls, how important the quarterback position is. It is important. If you don't have a good quarterback, your team will not be successful. Granted, it does take a good defense sometimes to win games. The Colts lost this game for their absolute ineptitude on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Carson Wentz, 17 of 29, only 185 yards. The other thing that I look at is that you only ran Jonathan Taylor 15 times. Yeah, and I think that, you know, they kind of gave up on the run. The, the Jaguars were stuffing the run. They weren't really letting Jonathan Taylor, you know, hit those open holes as much as he normally did. However, if you're the Colts, you got to give Jonathan Taylor the ball, whether it be screen passes, whether it be tosses to the left, tosses to the right, getting him out in open space, letting him make a guy miss. He's so good at that. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor, unfortunately, lost the MVP any chance he had at the MVP on Sunday. Um, the Colts just, they choked. There's no other way to say it. Jim Mercer came out today and said that there, that he believes there needs to be changes. I'm interested to see if that is, that is at the, just at the quarterback position. Is that in offensive coaches, defensive coaches, or do we have a shocking fire of Frank Wright coming up? I don't know. I don't think Frank Wright deserves to be fired but what i do think is that something needs to happen to stir the pot per se in indianapolis because you can't just be okay with losing the 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 team that has the number one pick in the draft that you can't lose to the worst team in the nfl to cost your team a chance to play in the playoffs as hot as they were playing huge disappointment in indianapolis I'm going to say this. Jonathan Taylor has to run the ball 20 to 25 times a game. If you're going to give me the choice and, and I'm going to sit here, who do I want to have the ball in their hands more, Carson Wentz or Jonathan Taylor? The answer is Jonathan Taylor. And when you're sitting here and you're giving Carson Wentz double the amount of throws that you are Jonathan Taylor runs, that that's just a problem with your offensive play calling. Your offensive line obviously couldn't get off the ball really couldn't block that much. But then if you look, just like you said, on the defensive side of the ball, you're giving up 26 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're letting Trevor Lawrence throw for 200-plus yards and two touchdowns. It was just a complete and total systemic failure on the part of the Indianapolis Colts. And then another – staying in the AFC, Big Ben gets one last ride. And listen, get the final score. 
you, that the Steelers win. You're like, okay, what? And then you have the – so first you have the culture losing. You're like, okay. But there's no way that the Steelers – and then the Steelers beat the Ravens. And then you're sitting here. Let, let's talk about that Sunday night game for a okay, second. Okay, can we, can we just say right now, without a, without a doubt, the best game of the season took place on Sunday night. And here's here's where I – okay, I do not and will not ever condone, oh, well, let's just knee this out for a tie. Yeah, ever. I agree. I don't, I don't like that. Now, would it have caused insane chaos and questions? All Yes, it will, and it would. I hated the idea that these teams could just, oh, not really do anything for an hour of football, and they'd both get in the playoffs. Yeah. But when you the the strategy in that overtime period was like my my head hurt after that game. I'm like, do you just run the ball here and just kind of look over to the other sideline and wave a white towel and be like, hey guys, we're good with just with just calling this. Let's well, just you know, so here's run. the thing. I think with running the ball. If the Raiders would have just run the ball the entire game, they would have won easily because the Chargers couldn't stop them in the yeah. run game. But instead, we're trying to throw the ball all over the place. And you look overall at this contest, and the thing that stands out to me is this comeback in the fourth quarter by the Chargers. Oh. What a miserable showing of defense in the fourth quarter by the Raiders. What a fun, like, I love there was a meme, and it said, like, Chargers on first, second, and third down. And it was a guy with, like, no brain, and he's, like, drooling out of the side of his mouth. And I was like, the Chargers on fourth down, and they had, like, the big giant brain. And it's like, they were amazing on fourth down. But they just were inept on the, off like, offensively on first through third down in that overtime period. And near the, well, in the fourth quarter as well. It was unreal. It was such an enjoyable game to watch. Um, but Crystal and I were just, we're dying. Because we're like, if you're a Chargers, a Raiders, or a Steelers fan right now, you are sick to your stuff. Just absolutely sick. And if you were the Char or you were a Steelers fan, until that last run by Jacobs, but there in the overtime period, you're you're done. You're gone. You can see that they're does the do the Chargers cost themselves a playoff spot by calling that timeout? Yes. I don't, I don't have any questions. Like to me, what are you calling a timeout for? You can you can plainly see. And Crystal's very intelligent when it comes to football. She could see that hey. They're giving up. Why are you calling a timeout? So I did see one screen capture of that timeout call, and there was an unguarded um, wide receiver for Vegas who was on the outside. So it looked like there was a mix-up in their coverage. There was a – what that being said, take an offside penalty, take something because you did I, – and Derek Carr said it post-game. He was like, yeah, that changed our mindset. After yeah, they called that timeout. Now, yeah. again, though, 
I have a problem with that because there you're playing not to lose. And I understand. I get it. And yeah, I was sitting there. I was sitting on my couch laughing. Just I, that's all I could do was yeah. laugh. I mean, yeah. when they convert on fourth and 21 and then like fourth and 10, five different times. And then the touchdown pass as time expired, like what more could you do than just laugh? Yeah. If you were like in that moment right there and you're a Steelers fan, you're like, it's just, it's, it's not just meant, meant to be. It, well, it's meant to be for us not to be in the playoffs. They're going to tie. We're going to be out. And, but really though, give it, give it up for the chargers. They what a gutsy performance coming back there. The, as you said, the throw that, you know, that touchdown as time expires, what a game from Justin Herbert, really sad to see him not get into the playoffs as well as he was playing. Um, what a unreal division, you know, that three teams were basically had an opportunity to play in the postseason. Um, and I'm awesome. going to say this, and I'm going to say this one time only. Vegas needs to take the interim tag off their head coach. Yeah, I agree. What he, I mean, he – what The amount of distractions in Vegas this year, we were like, there's no, there's no way – they're count them out, they're done, and now here they are in a playoffs you know, position. Um, you got to give credit to um, Vegas in this instance. And I'm so happy for Derek Carr. I think he's one of the greatest guys that we have in the NFL. Um, very excited to see what Vegas can do in the playoffs. You know, hey, you got to play the game, give them an opportunity. Anything could happen. They got to be riding high after that game Sunday night. Does does Rich Versace deserve some thoughts for coach of the year? Getting into our end of the year awards. Does he deserve some thoughts for coach of the year? I mean, I would would give him some thought. There's no doubt in my mind. I think that, you know, he's definitely up there, but to me, the coach of the year this year is Mike Vrabel. You lose your best player. You get the number one overall C in the AFC. If you would have said, Hey, we're going to take Derrick Henry from you. Um, you probably think that the Colts are going to win your division. Um, what Mike Vrabel has done in Tennessee, completely changing the culture of that football team. And now home field advantage, you give Derrick Henry an extra re- week of rest. This is a team to be reckoned with in the AFC. Shout out to Cindy's Titans. Mike Vrabel for me is the uh, coach of the year. What about you, Josh? And not only did you take away Derrick Henry, but you took away Julio Jones for seven games. You took away A.J. Brown for four games. So for four games out of the year, you're playing without Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. Yep. I mean, that's, that is unbelievable with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, like let's not act like this is Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who can make plays happen no matter who they're throwing the ball to. Right. You're talking about Ryan Tannehill, which again, we said at the very beginning of the year that this was a quarterback who you could win with, not win because of. Right. Well, Vrabel took this team of 
this I, it's almost just like an island of misfit toys that Vrabel's put together, and it's the number one seed in the AFC. Now, yeah. again, do I struggle to really think that, hey, this Titans team is a legitimate threat in the AFC? Yeah, hate to admit it, but I do. Strictly because I don't know if you're going to sit here and pick the Bills, the Pats, and the Chiefs, any combination of those two, to lose to the Titans. Yeah. I just don't know if you do that or not. However, they've been proving people wrong the entire year. I, that's the thing that this team has done. So, yeah, I would say that Mike Vrabel is 1A for me for coach of the year. Um, but, man, after this last two weeks going into Indy and getting a win and then, you know, holding off the Chargers like they did, I reach out in Vegas, baby. I, he's, if he's not given that head coaching job, yeah, that, that will be a travesty. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Moving on to uh, MVP. This is where we're probably going to be different. On our I, just, I disagree highly. Who, who is your MVP? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league. There's just – there's no question about it. He had the best season of any quarterback. No, He's he didn't. Been, he, listen, he has been hobbled by injury. He had been, he went through COVID. He's done everything. He's been through the gauntlet. And here he is playing his best football. He is the MVP of the league. Aaron Rodgers, best player in football right now. You can't argue it. He's the best player. If you put, play a game where Aaron Rodgers is playing, he's the best player on the field, period. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the NFL. I like that idea. I know but you I, do. But I don't think it it should be that way. Who do you think is the MVP? I think Tom Brady should be the MVP. Led the league in yards and touchdowns. Yeah, he had 12 picks. Okay, he did. 43 touchdowns and 53 hundred yards while having a 67% completion rate. So two out of every three passes is completed. He threw for 5,300 yards, 53. Now I love Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. I have stood by Aaron Rodgers through the immunized debacle I have lost friends over the immunized debacle. But I do not feel like he is the MVP of the league. Yeah, I I think it's it's between those two. Uh, like I said, Jonathan Taylor out of the equation now after Sunday's loss. Um, no production out of him whatsoever. I think it's now it's between Tom and Aaron. And because I, here's here's my thing. So Aaron did have a higher completion rate and fewer interceptions, but he threw for over a thousand less yards. Well, yeah. And, I think and you- that that's where I go back to, okay, like he threw for 5,300 yards. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know how you look at a quarterback who threw for over 5,300 yards 
over 40 touchdowns and that not be your MVP. I might be wrong. Okay. I very well might be wrong. And it might come out that Rogers is the MVP all fine and good, but his numbers to me, while they've been now, if you want to take from like November 20th on, yeah, I would say that Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP because you go four touchdowns, two touchdowns, four touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. So you take this last half. Yeah. I probably give it to Aaron Rodgers. The problem that I can't get away from is that you had one, two, three regular season games that Aaron Rodgers played the full game that he had less than 200 yards passing. And that just isn't MVP stuff for me. You had several games this year where he's below 60% completion. That just doesn't scream MVP for me. Now, granted, since week one, he's thrown two interceptions. Since week one, he has thrown two interceptions. Yeah, Jordan Love has thrown more interceptions than he has. Correct. That is insane to me. However, I just – I look at this and I struggle to say that Aaron should be the MVP over time. Aaron's great. Aaron's the second-best quarterback in football. And you know what? To be perfectly honest about it, I want Aaron over Tom just from a moxie standpoint. I prefer Aaron over Tom. However, the numbers don't lie, and the numbers say that Tom Brady should be the MVP. Well, I I, I would never take Aaron Rodgers over Tom. Tom's just got that extra it factor that's the reason why he's won so many Super Bowls. Um, well, the reason he's won so many Super Bowls is because he's had so many great teams around him, and he's had a coach who actually knows what he's doing. Yeah, that, that it does help, but Tom Brady is just – he's the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. They're, it's not even close. Um, but I think just from the, a performance standpoint, I understand the statistics are there for Tom to win the MVP – I just, I think, I guess I'm just trying to brace myself for Rodgers winning it and having to winning it again. But um, yeah, I, I just think it. I honestly, I think it's going to be Rodgers. But um, if it's Brady, that's perfectly okay with me as well. I think he had a, a great season, obviously, and um, it'll be interesting to see who gets it though. Now, moving on to the other side of the ball, like if I'm a defensive guy. I mean, I would hate that. Like, you never got a chance for the MVP because you always had these quarterbacks who win it. Um, I feel like there's a bunch of different ones that you could look at here for Defensive Player of the Year. I really do. I mean, you look Miles Garrett. You look at Micah Parsons. You look at T.J. Watt. Um, you look at Diggs in Dallas, Trayvon Diggs in Dallas. You look at Aaron Donald, who's won it three out of the last four seasons. I, there is just a plethora. There's a nice big word there for you. Yeah. Um, for defensive player of the year. Um, for me, though, I be, so I'm looking at this as, all right, who do I think is doing the most with the least amount of help? And for me, that comes to either Miles Garrett or TJ Watt. Yeah. And, I, would, and, I was going T.J. Watt just 
because of his performance this year. And there is still rumblings that he could get the sack record. There's still like reviewing the play where Hudley like recovered that fumble for a long enough period of time. And then he knocked it out, which would be a strip sack. sack. Yeah. Which would give him the sack record over Strahan. So for, for that reason alone, to me, TJ Watt, man, he's just a force. You can't block him. You know, I watching him play against the Bears, it was like if you did not chip that guy, he was in your face. Now, granted, so is Miles Garrett. Same situation. Again, for the Bears, watching him sack Fields, I think he sacked him seven or eight times that game. Um, but to me, it's TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. And I, I'm going to go with you on that. Um, watching that Ravens-Steelers game, the thing that stuck out to me as well was it didn't matter what sort of blocking the uh, Ravens tried to do. Okay, well, if they try to chip, he's going to go around on the outside. And they really didn't have the speed to keep up with him. If you're going to make him go to the inside, he's agile and quick enough to break to the inside as well. So I look at – I mean – I get that the interceptions are attractive. I get that the interceptions are fun. But, I mean, T.J. Watt could very well have set an NFL record. And when you look at that personally, I think you got to go with T.J. Watt as the defensive player of the year. Yep. Now, what's interesting is your offensive player of the year, I mean, could it also be your MVP? I mean – normally they don't – I mean, Offensive Player of the Year for me – maybe let's do this. I'm going to throw you off a little bit here. Okay, I'm going to throw you off. I want your Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase. It's not even close. Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Great numbers. Completely turned that offense around in Cincinnati. The Burrow to Jamar Chase combo is a sick. It's just nasty. He is the offensive player of the year. That pick alone for Cincinnati to me makes them a threat now in the AFC playoffs. I'm I'm rolling with Jamar Chase. I wish you could do like an offensive duo of the year. <laughs> you know, because I sit here and I'm like, okay, what is Jamar Chase without Joe Burrow throwing him the ball? Yeah. Because let's be real, uh Joe Burrow is going to be the real deal NFL quarterback. Yeah. And so I sit here and I look at, okay, Jamar catches the ball. He's explosive, no doubt. Man, we got to at least give some love to what Mac Jones did in New England. Um, Because he took a team, like, let's not forget how bad the Patriots were last year. They were really, really bad. Cam Newton, Cam Newton as their quarterback. And Mac Jones went in and he took a team that was barely 500. Mm -hmm. And he's now turned him into a team who I don't want to play him now. Yeah. It hurts that there was one their signature win of the year came in a game where he only threw the ball three times that presents a problem. Um, But I mean, I think, you know, we at least got to give a little love to what Mac has done. Um, but I think I'm going to side with you. I mean, I don't see how anyone in their right mind can say that Jamar Chase is not the most explosive rookie 
I just period. I mean, I really think, okay, you can throw the defense out. I know that they give out defensive rookie of the year as well, but I think Jamar Chase is period rookie of the year. I mean, he is the most fun. He's the most explosive. Um, And I think that he's going to have a phenomenal career. And if you keep that duo of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase together in Cincinnati, uh, anyone going to want to be going to play the Bengals anytime soon? That answer is a big, hearty no. Uh, That moves us. I love it. Black Monday. Oh, Black Monday. Well, really quick before we go to Black Monday, who would be your defensive rookie of the year? Because to me, it's no doubt Micah Parsons in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, you don't go all of a sudden from college to now being considered not just for defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year. Right. And and I mean, so I would agree with you on that, that it's got to be. Michael Parsons. Yeah. Now you could go. They to Black finally Monday. did it. Yes, they did. They finally, they finally did it. They cleaned house. I mean, we could be talking about several different franchises right now, uh, but right. obviously the one that's on our forefront right now, um, Nagy fired. I mean. Yeah, I actually had to stop my class. I was like, hey, guys, hold on. I just <laughs> knew my phone was going to be going off, and um, it hit about 8. It was like 8.23, I believe, in the morning when Shefty tweeted it. Um, I was thrilled. I mean, you never – and here's the, the thing, Josh. Like, you never, like, want to root – because you, you forget that these people are human beings, you know. Like, Matt Nagy has a family to provide for, but – it was he had to go. And what I was worried about was that he was going to be the only one. I really thought Pace was going to stay. I thought that George wasn't going to have the gonads to get rid of Pace. You said that very nicely, by the way. Thank you. Um, he uh, he got rid of Pace. And now I don't know if you know this or not. Ted Phillips, the general manager, the um, the player operation, the president of operations, is no longer involved with football decisions. He is taking his focus to the new stadium that they're focusing on in Arlington Heights. So now the Bears are bringing in guys to help them with their coach search. One being Bill Polian. I think phenomenal decision to bring in someone like Bill Poley. I think it's a a great decision by the Bears to have somebody of that stature. Um, guy in Indianapolis that hired Tony Dungy. Um, I think he knows his stuff, which the McCaskies do not, in fact, know their stuff. He, George straight up came out and said, I don't know anything about the football side of it. I am just a fan. That makes me happy of a guy that owns your football team. I'm just a fan. So I'm just as much of a knowledgeable. I I probably know more about football than McCaskey does. But I'm happy with the decision. I'm happy that Pace and Nagy are gone. 
and that now the search can begin for the guy that can turn this ship back into what it was in Nagy's first year in 2018 when he was the coach of the year. People forget, in 2018, literally four years ago, Matt Nagy was the coach of the year, and now he's gone. That's how quickly things in the NFL, if you can't make adjustments and you can't make any sort of changes to your offensive scheme, this is what happens. People figure you out. It's the NFL. He's gone. I'm excited to see what they do at the general manager position as well as the head coaching position. And not just in Chicago, Minnesota, clean house. That one, it surprised me, but it didn't. Uh, we talked two weeks ago about uh, Zimmer's press conference, and, and I think everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall on the wall on the wall Under with that wrong. one. It has been a long day um, with that one, where it's like, okay, he he's done, he's done, he knows he's done. Um, came out today, uh, Mr. Judge out in New York. Joe Judge is gone. Uh, finally, on that one. I mean, the idea that how he wasn't fired on Monday. Yeah, that blew is, my mind. is beyond me. I mean, you talk about just complete ineptitude when it comes to a football coach, and that was Joe Judge. Yeah, when um, you sneak the ball on third and nine from your own four-yard line, I think right there, I if I was the owner of that football team, when that happens, I am walking down to the sideline, and I'm saying, just go. He should have even been able to give his post-game presser on Sunday. Yeah. The post-game presser should have been the owner saying, hey, we've made a change at head coach. Joe Judge is no longer our coach. That that was a slap in the face to a once proud New York Giants franchise. I mean, four or five years ago, that's a playoff team. Yep. And so, now they are to where they are. So you got the Giants that are looking for a new head coach GM, Bears head coach GM, Vikings head coach GM, Dolphins that head coach. I to me, Josh, biggest surprise of Monday was the firing of Flores. I I just I cannot believe the fact that they fired Brian Flores. And, just, and if you look at okay, you and I are football fans who we sit around, we obsess over football, we watch football. There are experts who are just dumbfounded by this move. Yep. I don't know what more you want in Miami than what Brian Flores gave. Now, there are rumblings that, oh, well, he had disagreements with the front office because the front office wanted to go get Deshaun Watson, and he was pretty stuck on Tua. So you're telling me a head coach is stuck on his young quarterback and wants to give his young quarterback a shot versus a guy who's surrounded in controversy with rape allegations and everything else. Yep, that sounds like a guy that we should fire. This Miami Dolphins franchise is turning itself into an absolute joke. They will never get they will not get a single free agent hire signing this offseason because who wants to go play for that GM? You just fired a guy who literally was bringing your franchise back. They went through a seven-game losing streak. And did Flores ever panic? No. He said, you know what? We're going to right this ship. They went from 1-7 and seven to 8-7 and seven and played themselves into the playoff picture. And that's not good enough for you, and you're going to fire him. The Miami Dolphins franchise is a joke. And if I am any of these NFL franchises who are looking for a coach, the first – and until he signs with someone, the only person that I'm calling is Brian Flores. It's that simple. 
Why would you want anyone else? A guy who has proven it at the NFL level, because who's better than him on the market right now? Who's better? The Bills offensive coordinator? He's not better. I think there are some good options for everyone. I think that Flores is obviously going to be one that people want. Um, But you're looking for the best fit for your franchise. So you had the Dolphins head coach, Broncos fired Vic Fangio. Obviously the Jaguars and their head coaching position. And then you have to include the Raiders in this because technically – they're still – he's still – Versace's coaching under a interim tag. So, you of all of those teams, Josh, that I just listed, Giants, Bears, Vikings, Dolphins, Broncos, Jaguars, Ra- well, you know what? We'll take the Raiders off for right now. Right. Well, because if you're going to ask me what's the most attractive job, it's the Oakland Raiders or the Las ah, Vegas Raiders. I did it. Ah, I did it again. <laughs> the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Because it's a playoff team with all the pieces intact, gorgeous brand-new stadium, a destination city for free agents. That's the best coaching job that would technically be open. Um, But if we're going to look at, I guess, okay, teams that officially don't have any head coaches. um, Man, honest to goodness – I got to say the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you look at the weapons that they have. I mean, this was a team that in, all right, I can't stand them. I can't stand their fans, whatever. You look at the weapons that are right there between Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kurt Cousins. That's an offense that's ready to go. You have a gorgeous stadium, state-of-the-art complex up there. I that's a great job. Yeah. I obviously I want to say the Bears. Um, I think that what the Bears have to offer is the excitement of a new franchise quarterback. I think that's what the Vikings are missing. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a is a good enough quarterback. I think you have a if you're coming into the Bears, you have a young quarterback that's just ready to be told here here you go here's this offensive scheme that is going to help you be successful you have a good defense with a lot of young weapons on the defensive side of the ball granted you're getting you excuse me you're getting older on the defensive side of the ball um but i think that and this is the other thing if you're a gm you want to go to chicago the sixth best cap space in the NFL this upcoming season, you got money to spend. You have right. but the question then comes in: Are people going to want to come to Chicago? And I, I want to say new- that I'm a little. But now, if we're a year or two further and they have more firm plans on what their future is going to hold, sure. Right now, the fact of the matter is, the Chicago Bears don't really have a plan. That, well, yeah. That's where I'm sitting here. And their front office doesn't have a plan. They have no draft picks. Yeah, they have a lot of money that they can spend. That's great. But the fact of the matter is other teams have money that they can spend too. And so I, I don't – like if I'm a coach, the problem that I see when I see with Chicago is I just see a whole lot of question marks that I'm going to have to all of a sudden be the answer to. 
And that that's a lot of pressure because you look at like Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota is not a high pressure market. Like, I mean, I hate to break it to people, but Minnesota is not a high pressure market. When you're in Chicago, every single morning show will break down what flavor of gum you were chewing on the sidelines on a Sunday. And so I look, I, that is a high pressure job with not a lot of pieces in place. I still think it's a, it's a, it's going to be one of the best of the available for head coaching and GM positions. Would you, okay. Would you put the Raiders over the bears? Yes. Okay. So, and I know saying the Vikings as much as I hate the Vikings is probably a surprise to people. Um, I just, if the bears had a few more plans in place, like, Hey, you know what? Here are the plans for our stadium. This is exactly what we're going to do here. Then. Okay. Then I might look and be like, yeah, I would agree with you. I just think you know, the bears have a whole lot of question marks. Now I'm not saying it's not a good job. It is a good job. I mean, you're talking a top four or five historic franchise and NFL history. Um, I just don't know if with all the question marks that are there right now, if that is a job that the I want to say the carousel of coaching that we have going on right now in the NFL, if that's really a job that is viable in the short term. Yeah. And I I think that to me, so everybody's been asking me, so you know, who do you want? Who who is your guy? Um, to me, it comes down to three people and one that is, I don't think is very likely. Um, so like you have the three top three and then the one that's number one that I don't think is going to happen. Um, top three is to me, uh, number one, the guy that I want the most is Jim Harbaugh. I think that he just would bring a lot of energy to the city of Chicago. I think that he could bring in some guys that are good in the scouting department to also find talent in the draft as well. Um, I think that, you know, to me, do I think they have a chance of getting him? Probably not. Um, but, you know, we'll hey, see. A guy can dream. Yeah. Um, next to me, another guy, Nathaniel Hackett. Sorry, Josh. I think the offensive mind of Nathaniel Hackett to bring the ideas of what is happening in Green Bay to Chicago, no brainer. I think that'd be great. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. I don't think that he's going to leave Green Bay to come to Chicago. I just, I don't. I think they'll interview him, but I don't, I think he's just kind of getting his feet wet in. Is you know the coaching carousel. Um, number three for me might well here before I go to number three, the one that I I dream about at night. Sean Payton, if the Bears could find a way to convince Sean Payton, and you so I heard it on um. 670 the score this morning that if you want to get Sean Payton, you would actually have to do what the bears did with the saints before 
and the Saints traded the Bears for Mike Ditka. The, the Bears traded their coach. Now, and a lot of people don't know that that's possible, but if they're under contract, they become just as just like a player. You trade for them. Draft picks, things like that. Bears don't have draft picks to give up. Bears do have money. Do the Bears give up some cash and go get Sean Payton? I, I don't know. I just, to me, that is definitely. You're in La La Land on that one. I, I am. I know. I, but hey, really, like we said earlier, a guy can drink. Yeah. Um, then number three is uh, Brian Flores. I think, you know, everybody says he's number one on the list. Uh, to me, it just, it sometimes it's iffy. You don't know what was going on in Miami. You don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Um, but Flores is up there. Um, I also like Brian Leftwich from the Bucks. Todd Bowles from the Bucks. Um, a lot of good coaching options out there. If any of those guys come to Chicago, I would be happy. So either the guys from the Bucks, Leftwich, Bowles, um, Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay. You know, um, um, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, but no, the uh, the guy just got fired from Miami now. Flores, I'm, well, Brian Flores, um, and then Sean Payton. It's like, oh, but I don't the know. Interesting thing about Harbaugh, I mean, I was talking about this with a Michigan fan. This teacher has Michigan stuff all over their room. The question that I asked him was, how much higher can that ceiling get at Michigan for Harbaugh? Because here's the fact of the matter. I don't know if Michigan can ever compete with Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, schools like that. I don't know if they can. So what more could he possibly hope to accomplish at Michigan that he hasn't already? Brothers and NFL coach, he could look to jump back to the NFL. Yeah. So I, for you, Play I mean, Chicago. correct. So. So Chicago guy knows what it's all about, knows what the town is about. Um, but I do, I mean, I think it's just going to be a fun little two, three weeks here. I, and I mean, if I'm these teams, I got to hop on it quickly. I mean, I cannot wait um, yep. to make this decision. Uh, that moves us to the teams that are still playing. Moves us to a little preview of what we got going on this weekend. Uh, let's talk about just a genius move from the NFL. Hey, we're going to play playoff games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Now, dream scenario for NFL, dream scenario for NFL fans, nightmare scenario for Rams Cardinals Monday night. You are the one team that has to play on a short week. Correct. And not just a short week, but you will have to fly cross country. I right. mean, either way. Either way, you're going to have to fly cross country, no matter who you play. Um, looking at these games, uh, we're just going to go in chronological order. So when they're going to take place, um, that first one, Vegas and Cincinnati. Um, watching what the Chargers offense did to the Raiders on in that fourth quarter makes me think that Jamar Chase might have another billion-yard game. Um, I just don't really see this Raider secondary being able to stop him on really any sort of consistent basis. Um, 
Cincinnati will be rocking. I mean, the first playoff game in Cincinnati in what seems like ever. Um, so, I mean, I don't really even think there's too much to talk about on this one. I am going to easily take the Bengals. Yeah, I agree. I'm on the Bengals. I think that they are one of the best teams in the AFC right now. Um, their offense, when their offense is clicking, man, they are tough to stop. Burroughs throw them for 500, 400 yards a game uh, these last three, four weeks. Um, playing at home, like you said, Cincinnati's going to be rocking, man. It's going to be a cool place on Saturday afternoon. Um, it's on NBC. Um, I'm going to actually say what channel each game's on for one person and one person only. My mom, because she still will like grab a notebook paper and write down the two teams playing and what channel they're on. So, Mom, 3.30, Saturday on NBC. Hi, Beth. Uh, <laughs> sun, Saturday night, Bills, Pats, rubber match. Um, boy, is it going to be cold. And loud. Forecasted kickoff temperature of five degrees. Do we throw the ball four times this game? I, so I, that's the thing. Like, hey, are we going? So what will be higher, the number of Mac Jones pass attempts or the temperature? Mm. Honest question. Man. That would be a fun prop bet. Yeah, it would. I was that, just that would be a fun prop bet. Kickoff temperature or Mac Jones pass attempts. Yeah. Um, to me, I just – I'm not going to pick against the Bills at home. I mean, I'm just not that that Bills Mafia is insane. You have a young Patriots franchise. They're still young. Um, so with that, give me the Bills. I hate to say it, but quite easily. Well, Josh, this is one we're gonna be different on. I'm taking Pats. I'm taking Bill Belichick. I'm taking the evil empire. I am telling you, when once the playoffs hit. Bill just is a different guy. Um, I think that this is going to be a game where scheme is everything, and Bill Belichick pulls out the best defensive scheme that he possibly can, gets Josh Allen into some trouble situations, he makes some mistakes, and he puts Mac Jones in a position where all he has to do is make the simple play and not turn the ball over and you win the football game. I'm taking New England on the road at 7.15 on CBS. Sunday, triple header of playoff football. Starts early uh, with what I will probably say will be the most boring of the games uh, for the weekend. Uh, But, Christian, nonetheless, it is time to fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to victory, they're going to get crushed. <laughs> they, they are just going to get absolutely mollywhopped by Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this game is actually going to be closer than you think. You cheeky little boy, you. This is the only reason. The Bucks are beat up. I don't know if you've seen this, but if they can't get, you know, playoff Lenny back, you can't. Obviously, Godwin's done for the year. Mike Evans was beat up on Sunday afternoon. Um, When Tom doesn't have those weapons, I get that he was able to be successful without those weapons in New England. 
I do not think that's the case in in um, Tampa Bay. I think you've got to have those guys now. Obviously, with Antonio Brown gone, you're looking at Mike Evans. But did something happen with Antonio Brown? Yeah, he just pieced out. He's like, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. So, to me, I think this game is going to be close. I think the Eagles are going to compete, but at the end of the day, it's Tampa Bay. I think the Bucks are going to win this football game, but I think it's going to be closer than you think. Um, you know, noon kickoff on Fox, Bucks and Eagles. Good way to start the day. I really, truly think the game will be closer than people think. One game that I think an upset is very, very likely, Niners and Cowboys. The Cowboys are so inconsistent that, man, that 49er defense. And for the first time this season and the only time this season, Josh, this game is on. Nick, 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 Antonian. Oh, how about that? Thank you for that. You're welcome. But it's on CBS too. But I just love that the guy, I, I just laughed on Sunday because I was like, I want to know what game is on Nickelodeon. The Bears had to play on Nickelodeon last year. Who's playing on Nickelodeon this year? They put the Cowboys on Nickelodeon. Because um, Jerry Jones is a cartoon. Um, <laughs> My eyes aren't too far apart. I think this might be an upset pick for me. Um with the Niners over the Cowboys. Now, granted, last time that I picked an upset for somebody to upset Dallas, uh, I was like 42 to nothing at halftime. Uh, so I fully expecting now for Dallas to roll. But man, I think, you know, Joey Bosa and that Niners defense is playing unbelievable. Um, so you know what, Christian? Niners over them boys, which then sets up a 49ers Packers. NFC divisional round game. Yeah, we don't want that. So I'm taking the Why Cowboys. Why don't we want that? Um, I'm going Cowboys because – No, my- answer the question. Come back, answer the question. Why don't we want a 49ers-Packers NFC divisional round game? Because I don't – I want them to play the Rams. That's why. That's what I want. I want them to play the Rams again because that's just what I want. Sorry, so- Nick Bosa with the Niners. Not Joe Bosa. Nick Bosa. Sorry. Yes. I hate myself but- for that. Um, I'm going the Cowboys because my dream NFC championship game is um, Packers Cowboys. I do. I think we're going to get bring it. Mike McCarthy. Bring him. I, bring I him. Like that. I just want that bring because him. It, it would be so great for Mike McCarthy to get a chance to go play for a Super Bowl and Rogers to walk out and be like, "Screw this place, I'm out." Um, so for that, it, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. If Mike McCarthy ends the Packers season and thereby ends Aaron Rodgers' run as the Green Bay Packers quarterback, you're going to need to check on me daily. I will. Because I if will. that if that happens, I honestly do not know how I will watch football. That will, from the coach who ruined Aaron Rodgers' career, to the the coach that ended Rogers. ends Rogers' career in Green Bay. If that happens, I will be inconsolable for a week. Like I will not talk to anyone for a week. 
Um, well, so for that reason, I'm picking the Cowboys. I think that they're going to be – I think their offense right now is just clicking. It's playing at a different level. Um, I think the Niners are playing good football right now, um, but I think their season ends in round one. So for that reason, give me them boys. The Steelers and the Chiefs. Uh, oh, boy. I – I love the Big Ben story. The story ends this weekend. I mean, there's just there is no way that Pittsburgh is even competitive with the Chiefs. I mean, did just you, none. Did you see the picture that's going around on the Chiefs Twitter site? It's not directly from the Chiefs, but it said that um, Big Ben's retirement party at uh, ten o'clock in Kansas City, uh, basically saying you, we're going to end Big Ben's career. Um, I mean, I think they're right. Yeah, I I think the Steelers, cool story, making the playoffs, um, giving Big Ben another week of chance to play football. But I agree, it ends here. Kansas City it is my pick to make it out of the AFC. I think Patrick Mahomes gets back to a Super Bowl. Uh, give me the Chiefs. And then that takes us to Monday night, a Monday night NFL mega cast playoff game that I will not get to watch any of. Um, We host girls tournament next week. Oh yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I enjoy that, but uh, this football game is probably the most intriguing one of the weekend to me. Um, And I think it has the most implications for you. Because I think Bucks Cowboys, if Bucks Cowboys win Sunday, this is a this is a who plays the Packers. Correct. Is- so you're looking at a team who's coming off of a who will be a short week, who has to fly across the country, possibly both across the country, north and east and west. Um I was originally like when we started this podcast, Christian. Yeah. I was going to pick the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I was all on it. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, ah, just where are the weaknesses for the Rams right now? And I don't know where those weaknesses would be. Yeah, they collapsed against the 49ers. They had nothing to play for. I mean, I no, they did. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this justification is. Well, they t- they technically had something to play for, but as soon as they saw the Cardinals lost, correct the score. I that so they won the division, and they can't improve there with the Bucks and the Cowboys winning. They couldn't improve their right their seating at any at, at all. And I don't so, know why, but I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, the Rams are going to win this football game. I don't really have any doubt in my mind. That the Rams are going to win this football game. I hope the Rams win, win this football game. I want Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Packers. That's what I want. I think those are all would be the rematch of Cowboys, Buccaneers from week one. Great game. First game of the season. Um, Cowboys had a great opportunity to knock off the Bucks. Played really good. Obviously, Tom Brady got 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 the win, but um Rams Packers would be phenomenal in Green Bay. I think th- those two teams matching up, Bucks Cowboys, you couldn't ask for any more. So for that reason, I'm picking the Rams. Do we want to just go ahead and like 
beginning of playoffs right now, what your Super Bowl is? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, my Super if you are making me pick right now, my Super Bowl would be Tampa Bay, Kansas City. My Super Bowl is Packers Chiefs, what I said originally when the season. I mean, you went that from the very beginning. You have been set. You want that Rodgers Mahomes matchup. Yeah, you I want I that want so bad. The OG Super Bowl. Super Bowl one was the Chiefs and the Packers. Correct. So um I think that would provide a lot of cool matchups. Now, that's what I think. Breaking news to everyone. Is it what I I want? No. No, because you wouldn't want any happiness for me. No, I don't want I don't want Green Bay playing for a Super Bowl. I want Rodgers to lose. He can win against the Rams, but I want him to lose in the NFC Championship. You game. want Mike McCarthy to go into Lambeau? And I NFC do. Season. I really, truly do. That's that's a you know how I said that Sean Payton's the dream scenario coach for me. That's the dream scenario outcome for the Cowboys to make it to the Super Bowl. I think that would be outstanding. That would be just great. Why do you of- hate me? I don't hate you. I hate the Packers. I know you're associated with the Packers, but. Unfortunately, that's that's what I want. Like, I would never wish that on you. Oh, get out of here with that. No, the- like, I would never wish that, you know, the, like, if the Cubs okay, I was going to say, get to the NLCS. You can't even come up with a good enough coach for the Bears because there's no coaches that have gotten fired from the Bears that had another opportunity to coach the NFL. Oh, so. But I mean, I mean, yes, I, you're not wrong with that. But I mean, it would be like the Cubs making it all the way to I, I don't know the NLCS or even the World Series, and then like losing because I don't know Anthony Rizzo goes off or Kyle Schwarber goes off. like it would be one of those situations. Like the amount of pain that Packer fans have suffered because of Mike McCarthy is astronomical. Well, you just I, don't care. You're just mean. That's I, all you are. You're God, mean. It's not that I don't care, but I just despise the Green Bay Pack. And see, this – no, we're going to get into this right now. This is going to get off of football. This just proves how much of a better person I am than you are. Because <laughs> I take – you know, my cousin to Chicago Bears game and root out loud for the Chicago Bears. I go to Cubs games with him. I go to Cubs games with you. And we'll always root for your team. And you can't even let me have a little bit of happiness. It's because my team stink and they're not hurting anyone. So you're throwing us a bone. Come on. Your teams are always good. They're always successful. Dude, I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. We've made the playoffs twice in the last, like, 10 years. That's different. But for the Packers, you haven't had anything to worry about in your lifetime. You've had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre as your quarterback and nothing but successful years. You have nothing to worry about. Why wouldn't you want for me to experience some sort of playoff happiness? You can. 
Divisional round, you can beat the Rams. After that, <laughs> just that's done. where <laughs> that's where you draw the line. Well, just like that's where Christian draws a line, that's where we're gonna draw a line <laughs> on our first week playoff preview. Uh, from all of us to all of you, well, I guess still go pack go. I mean, hire a coach, baby, bear down or do something cool. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you guys next week.